Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. We are going to start a new series today, and uh, it'll go on for um, infinitum, <laughs> I don't know, until the Holy Spirit says that's enough. Um, and, and the series is called, My Heart is for His House. My Heart is for His House. And this is like a foundation, an introduction to the series this morning. Um, and um, the title of this message is Oikos, God's Household. Oikos. Has anyone seen the name Oikos in the building? So we named our cafe upstairs Oikos. Years and years ago, when the cafe was still open at lunchtimes and the school kids would fly in and chuck their satchels all over the room and take over and eat paninis and, and all of it, we named it Oikos. And so um, it's a significant name to our church. But we're going to be talking about God's house in this series, his household. And so today, I'm going to lay a foundation to move forward from so that in the coming weeks, we can have more understanding concerning what's involved and what it will take to move from our present position. How many of you know we occupy a present position? What's today's date? The 3rd of July, 2022. We have come this far since March 1987. Hallelujah. And we're walking into the future, but we're in a very different place now in this time, spiritually, socially, politically, culturally to where we were even a few years ago. Would you, would you say that was true? A very different place. So it's to improve and to enlarge and to bring increase to God's house for his glory. That's our number one objective. It's for his glory, but it's for the benefit of people. So I want to be able to invite people to church and say, I can guarantee you it will be to your advantage to come to church. It will be to your benefit to come to church. But church is full of old folk and fuddy duddies. Whoa. No, not at all. We have people, young, vibrant people whose youth has been renewed like the eagles. And we have inspo, inspiration from the ground up in this place, amen, from the back room all the way through to the pulpit, and, and, and this is a place that is ready to be preached from, amen, to be preached from. And so years ago, we used to say that this was a place where God was given the utmost glory and that people were given the utmost opportunity, and I believe that we can capitalize on that and build much more vigorously on the foundation that already exists. And there's been a good foundation, and we can build on that. Do you believe that? Are you ready to build? You're ready to get your hands dirty? You might even get some calluses. Is that okay? Yeah. So, what is God's house? In our context, what is God's house? God's house is this church, the Bridge Church, and the family that belong to it 
and that will be added to it in the days ahead. Okay? But we are just one of millions of household churches, up to around 34 million exist throughout the world, all populated by uniquely different people of different creed, race, color, all of that kind of stuff, but one thing in common, we've all been formed in God's image and likeness, and we're all called to be one in unity. So although we're talking about our hearts for his house here, our household, we know how we're, we're linked and we're joined, amen? We've all been given the same mission, but we're just in different parts of the harvest field. So some of us have been to the Swaziland harvest field. Some, some of us have been to the near Johannesburg part of the harvest field. Some of us have been to the North American part of the far, harvest field. Some of us have been to Europe and to Turkey and to even, even the English harvest field. The UK is a harvest field. Amen. So Galatians chapter 6 verse 10 says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. So whenever we have an opportunity, whenever an opportunity comes up, we should do good to all, but especially to the household of faith. Amen? What does that mean? Well, this is where the word oikos comes in. All right? Oikos. So what does oikos means? Oikos means one's family. A domestic situation. Okay, so we're talking about a domestic situation, one's family. And what happens when you're with your family? They're usually the people you know best, that you can be open and intimate with. Now, I have to put a caveat in there. I understand that not everyone has had a great home life. That is why it's all the more important for us to make this a household where anyone can come and belong. And they can, they can put their feet on solid ground. And they can feel every time they come in here this morning, just like Pauline said, I feel, I feel like it's familiar. It's like putting your hand into an old glove. It's like putting your foot into an old welly boot. You know, it's just like, uh, or an old hiking boot. It's just made, it's just made to measure. It made to fit you. Amen. And so, the, it goes on to imply, according to my concordance, belonging to something, being devoted to something, and being adherents of a thing, all right? And I'm going to paraphrase that and say, it's to adhere to the things of the household, all right? Now, this is where things get tricky, this is where things get tricky because there's different levels of sticky, all right? Because you know what adhering is? Adhering is stick, sticking, stickiness. So whenever things get sticky, things get tricky, all right? So adhere, if, to adhere to something means to stick firmly to it. 
to adhere to something is to, is to, like if you were adhering to an agreement, you act in the way that it says that you should, okay? If you adhere to an opinion or a belief, it means you support and you hold that opinion or belief dear, all right? So to adhere to something is to support and, up to, and, and uphold and to stick with the household. Now, I have to say, that many times you may have felt, and I have, you know, I'm leaving this, this there's, deme there's domestic problems here, I'm, and I'm leaving, because there's always a domestic. If there's always a domestic in your house, it's like, I don't even like being there's always a domestic issue. <laughs> Listen, there are, <laughs> there are domestic issues, okay? We're a family, all right? All right? You know, why, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't put the toilet roll on that way. It goes that way. Why do you put the milk in the fridge like that? No, the milk, you know, listen, there's always going to be quirks, all right? But you stick with it. Let's leave it at that for now. And you might think, well, what's the point? What's the point of the series like this? And why are we doing it now? All right? You see me, I'm here every week or every two weeks or I'm here once a month, whatever, you know. Doesn't that tell you something? Doesn't that tell you that I consider this to be my church, etc.? I understand people will have feelings like that. Why, why, why is this important? And exactly who's asking the questions here? Do you have a mandate from God to, 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 to you know, bring a hard message? It's not going to be a hard message. We're going to love this series it's going to be great. Well, I have, I have the responsibility to represent God's word to you, to stir up your faith, and to hopefully to inspire you to consider your relationship with God and with other people more deeply, and to examine your role within the household and the role of this house for the days ahead. And that's my task and that's my aim, is to do my best to give the Holy Spirit the room to quicken us all for this purpose. So this is not about, you know what, come on guys, it's about time we pulled our finger out here and we got this sorted out. This is not about that. This is about giving the Holy Spirit room to quicken you into your purpose and into your future. Amen? So, question, maybe someone's asking it. So, is this an effort to increase service, commitment, devotion, or giving, or is there some other reason? <laughs> Truthfully, <laughs> and you would expect that, wouldn't you? Truthfully, yes, there is an element of all of these things. Commitment, devotion, giving, faithfulness, sharing, service, these things are all important. And often we might be encouraged to do these things, but it's never been clearly explained to us why. Why? Why, are you, why, why do pastors and why do, why do you always say this stuff? But you never really tell us what, why. And I hope to bring more of the answer to that, okay? bring more clarity so that you understand that there's life-giving benefits 
When you invest your life into the work of the ministry or into a local family, there are life-giving benefits. I want to let you know that. Amen? Um, Linda and I are trying to be gardeners. I emphasize the word trying. Oh, my gosh. She's watching YouTube videos this morning on roses. You know, we know stuff now about compost and things like that. And we, had, we bought this lupus plant. And it was in the, we're going to plant it, but one foot under our soil is clay. And so I had to dig the soil out, and then I had to dig clay out and put more topsoil and more compost, because this poor lupus was like dead on its feet. And I thought, do you know what? When we took it out the pot and you try and do the thing and put it in the ground, all it started to fall apart, and I thought, this thing is going to die. It's dead already, you know. But we've, we've, we've put it in, we've dunged around it, we've watered it, and it's still alive. And it's, gonna, it's showing signs of life. So we did not murder the, a plant. So, but this is what I would like to do. Understand that there's benefits in being rooted and grounded and invested in your local church. Amen. And hopefully this is going to bring some practical things and some spiritual things into focus. And we, we're going to find out that one cannot work without the other. Um, if we were just all spirit, we would just blow up. You know, we'd just, we'd just like get big and puffy and we'd pop somewhere in the ether. So one works with it. Now, what I want to avoid, and this is something that I always, and this is maybe where this is, what are you trying to say? What I don't want to do is over-spiritualize things, but we want to make sure that the Spirit is in everything. There's a difference between over-spiritualizing things and having the Spirit in everything. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because we'll be no earthly good to the people of this world if we are just spout spiritual stuff all the time. We will be no earthly good to them. Jesus was one of the most practical people that I know. You read about him, I mean, he was a carpenter. He worked with his hands. He just, you know, I mean, I know there's about 18 years of Christ's life. It's like, what did he do? There's lots of speculation. But he was a tradesman. He was a busy man. And most of all, he was a good Jewish boy. He went to synagogue, studied the scriptures. He prayed. He spent time with his father. I know he would have done all of that. Amen. So why now? Why are we doing this now? Well, it's because we've got to consider the spiritual and social climate out there. We, should, we need to consider that right now. If we observe, what have you observed around you? Whenever we look at the news or the media, we know what's going on around us. And I believe we need to strive to be ready, more prepared for what the future is going to bring. And Linda and I were sitting yesterday talking about, talking about things that you might think, well, that's quite negative. You're not supposed to sit down and talk about that. You guys are supposed to be a bit more spiritual. But we, we sit down and we talk about the potential realities of the future. And are we prepared? Is the church prepared what are we preparing for? Because a lot of people, 
in the twinkling of an eye are going to be caught out by possible happenings. And it would behove us to be prepared. Amen? And so this is what we're looking at. And so the enablement of being prepared involves being firmly planted, rooted, and grounded in the faith and in God's Word. And our messages from, from this church, I believe, have always been seeded with God's Word, the principles of God's Word. We've, we've, we've built on biblical foundations, okay? We've had wobbles, but we've built on biblical foundations. And the thing is that you don't know what you don't know. And, 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 and God is grace. If we've been ignorant in anything, you, you, you make amends. You, turn, you, you, you change course. You just change direction. Amen. And I pray that we can do that if we need to and whenever we need to. So we are in a season that it needs emphasis right now. Go to 1 Peter chapter 4 with me from verse 7. This, is, this emphasizes the season. New Living Translation, verse 7. The end of the world is coming soon. <laughs> does, does, is that what it says? That's God's word. The end of the world is coming soon. You don't need to be on the corner of Socky Hall Street to be told that. Or, you know, we're at, the end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Wow. Most important of all, Continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins, and cheerfully share your home, your house. Share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. What does it really mean to be part of God's household? What does it really mean to be part of the Bridge Church? What, if anything, does God require from us? Is there a way to believe and behave as a part of the household of faith? Over the coming weeks, I aim to present different aspects of this behavior. Reverence the house of God. That we, that we invite the fear of the Lord back in here. That we don't treat the things of his kingdom casually that we begin to place greater importance on the altar. And that can even be the altar in your home, the place where you go to be quiet every day, to place greater importance on these things. I love going into people's houses where you see the wee table, the chair, the word is there. You know that's the place they go to. I go into my, my mom and dad's house. I, 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 you go into my dad's study and it's like the lazy boy armchair and piles of notes and the Bible. You know, it's just, it's just, it's a place where we go. It's, give, it's, it's having that, giving it that place of importance. Amen? So it'll include things like the work of the ministry, sharing burdens, the power of sacrifice, putting your gifts and callings to work. Here's a good one. One week we're going to do risk and reward. Walking in the realm of total trust in God and more. 
But the scripture we just read there in 1 Peter 4, it hints at something else that's vital, vitally important. Verse 9 says, cheerfully share your home. Cheerfulness is an attitude of our hearts, isn't it? So it's what's in our hearts towards this house that God sees. That's what he sees. He says, how you treat my household is how you really treat me. Can we, can we receive that? I, that, that, that is, that is um, sobering to think of. I, 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 that, that sobers me up. The way that you treat my house, David, is the way you treat me. The way you treat my people is the way you treat me. Amen? So, go to 1 Kings chapter 8 from verse 17. And now we're going to start building on this heart, our hearts for his house. And it says there, now it was in the heart of my father David to build a temple for the name of the Lord God of Israel. But the Lord said to my father David, whereas it was in your heart to build a temple for my name, you did well that it was in your heart. Now we know that David didn't build the temple, did he? His son Solomon, son Solomon built the temple. But God says, David, I see your heart. It was in your heart to build a place for me and it, you did well. Even the fact that this was in your heart. Now, this does not excuse, oh, do you know what? See if I have an intention to help that person over the street or in the grocery queue. That's good enough for God. No, that's not what I'm saying. Because what's in your heart will convert into action. So if I see someone, I, I heard a story about that this week. Someone, get, and I think it's becoming more prevalent. People are helping other people out to pay the shortfall in their grocery. So we can, we can pay things forward and we can pay things back. So if you're in the queue at Costa, it doesn't mean you have to wait until someone is like, oh, looking for pennies. Maybe we could say, listen, can I get that for you? I've got free drinks on my app. Or can I, you know, we, sometimes we just shrink into the queue when uh, sometimes we, we could look for opportunities to be a blessing. And that gives an opening for things. Amen? So, and then it goes on to say in 2 Chronicles 7, the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, I've heard your prayer and I've chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. When I shut up heaven and there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people, my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and they'll seek my face and they'll turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears will be attentive to prayer made in this place. What place? This house. This household. God's ears are going to be open and his eye and his eye sorry, his eyes will be open and his ears will be attentive to the prayers prayed here. And in your household. Amen. For I have now for I have chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever, 
and my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. Amen. He has chosen, he has chosen this household. We have a reason for being here. Just like he chose every one of us before, before we were in our, in, when we were in our mother, when we were a twinkle in our daddy's eye, he already knew what our life would be. He had his eye on us. And he's chosen this place. Family's chosen this place. So the significance of a home, of a household, it can't be understated, but especially a, a household that God has chosen. You see, sometimes we don't get to choose where we're brought up. We don't get to choose, you know, R Rachel was great at this. Well, I didn't ask you to, to you know, to have me. It's like I'm throwing my major strop here. I didn't, ha I didn't ask you to have me. You chose to have me. <laughs> you know, I get that. We, you know, but when God is, has his eye on you, it's different. Amen. And some, that might sound idealistic these days because many people, they have not known home to be a good place. But I believe that what, what is what God wants a home to be, a place of shelter, safety, security, a place where you're rooted, a place where you can be the most authentic version of yourself. Amen? A place of safe harbor where you don't have to worry about somebody whispering behind your back or gossiping, or having a, a good chinwag over your, you know, misfortune. A place of safe harbor. Amen. That when we do things, we do it in a scriptural way. We deal with things in God's way. It's a source of refreshment and encouragement. So I hope everyone leaves here refreshed this morning, and not just by the wonderful tea and hospitality upstairs. It's the source of your moral and your spiritual education. It's a place of loving correction. And it's a place that you can call your own. It's a haven of peace. It's a place where you're on familiar ground and it's where you belong. It's a place where you can simply abide. That's this place. So a, a, a house, a home is a place to abide in. So you think, well, that's, that describes everything that this, a house can be to me, but where's God in all of that? Well, what Jesus says to us in John 15 is significant because even though what we know here as a home, oh, that's just going to be a weak reflection of what our future home is going to be like, your eternal home. This is, this is a reflection, and it may fall short in some ways, it may disappoint you sometimes. If you turn to your, right, mm, no. If everyone looks behind them right now, that person might disappoint you at some point in, in time. <laughs> at some point in time, somebody might disappoint you. Yeah. But there's a link that ties in all the aspects of a spiritual home to a natural one, and this is a spiritual home. John 15, 4, I'm just bringing this to a close now. John 15, 4 says, Abide in me, and I in you. The branch can't bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, and neither can you unless you abide in me. There's a version of the Bible that's called the Jerusalem Translation, the Jerusalem Bible, and it says, 
that that means make, Jesus is saying, make your home in me. Let's add some more strength to that. Psalm 91, verse 1. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide, shall have his home in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge and my fortress. I'm going to put all my trust in you, Lord Jesus. Psalm 90, verse 1. Lord, you have been our dwelling place for all generations. A dwelling place, a place of rest. A place where you, can, where you can be yourself, where you're on solid and familiar ground. Amen? So has anyone ever heard this saying, where, where, uh, home is where the heart is. Home is where your heart is. So I hope now you start to see what we're talking about here. And then God's word, he says, wherever your treasures are, there your heart will be also. Don't store up for yourself earthly things, stuff that's, you know, store them up in heaven. Where your treasure will be, there will your heart be. If we are going to be a breadbasket, a resource, a place, a, a, a household, a place for people to abide, we also have to be able to give. All right? We also have to be able to give. The whole concept of belonging to a household and having a home, it just opens up a whole series of teachings. You can meditate on it. You can pray about it. But God's chosen this place for his name to be upheld. And we chose him to live in our hearts and in our lives. Amen? And so the way we abide in him will determine how we abide as one here. So it's all about the attitude of our heart. If your heart is for the house, it will, it will be normal. It will be, it will be, oh, it won't even take any thought. Your heart, if your heart is for the house, that is where you will invest yourself. Amen? If we make a place to receive him, to welcome him, he will make permanent residence with it. Just like our hearts, we open our hearts, he'll come and live in our hearts. If we open up our church, his presence will be here. Amen? The word, Luke 1.14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. He came, to, he came into the midst of people. Amen? Now, 35 years is a blink of an eye in eternity, and building a house takes time. It takes patience, careful planning. There's planning going on. We need to execute plans. There are obstacles to overcome. I'm sure some of you will say, yeah, we know that. Maybe I'm an obstacle. Maybe I'm getting in the way of something. We all need to look at, examine ourselves. There are obstacles to be overcome, problems to solve, but with discipline and desire, we can see this house built and the plans that were once on a blueprint will be standing, will be in front of us in reality. From paper to actually touching it. From a thought, in, from an from a, from a, from a inspiration in your heart to actually physically, tangibly seeing it come to pass. We'll be able to stand back and say, hey, 
Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. Yeah? But to have a heart for his house, we've got to make sure that we do it his way. Okay? What we want done is done his way. We want to be sticky. We want to be sticky people adhering to the ways of his house. And people will try and say, no, I'm going to be the rebellious child. I tried that. I did that for a long time. It's, it's really not much fun. And there's no, there's, you know, it's so disadvantaging. It's so, in later life, you really, what was I doing? What on earth was I up to? You silly, silly man. You know, it's just, God just, when, you, when we begin to flow with his spirit, when we come into unity as one, when we believe the same thing, speak the same thing, when we speak life and not death, when we speak his word, no matter how socially unacceptable it is to speak his word, when we speak it, God will make sure that there's life in this place and that there's life in your, in, in your life too. Deuteronomy, finishing this last scripture, these words I command you today, they will be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way and when you lie down, and when you rise up, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gate. The doorposts of you will write God's words, his ways on the doorposts of your house, a home that contains a family. So his word is not only written on our hearts when we first gave Jesus entry and we said, come in, Jesus, come into my life. But we write his words on the doorposts of where we dwell. I believe there's powerful significance in that. In having God's things, his word. I'm not talking about collecting amulets and trinkets and all of that stuff. I'm saying, remember the significance of the blood. Remember the blood. Wherever you go, you take the blood with you. Amen. You, you um, declare the blood wherever you go. In your house, when you walk back into your house today, Father God, I thank you in the name of Jesus that there is a perimeter of protection around my household. That the blood that was shed for me protects my family and my loved ones. When the angel of death, when death and destruction tries to come, it cannot stay here where I abide because you abide here too. They must pass over. They cannot stay where I am because the blood is on my doorposts. The blood is at the perimeter of my property. Father God, I pray over my neighborhood, Alton Way, West Kilbride. Wherever you are, we pray. Pray for your neighbors in your neighborhood as well until eventually we begin to increase the territory that God has given us. Every place on which your foot shall tread, I have given it to you. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. That is where we're going in the weeks ahead. We will hopefully have shared testimony and have people come and support these messages.
with encouraging words. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Amen. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.